So we've been in a series called Seven, Seven Fundamental Things That Every Christian Needs to Know. And uh, in previous weeks, I've said things like this. There's way more than seven fundamental things every Christian should know. But we're in this series covering seven of them, and we're continuing actually finalizing this series today. I actually, when uh, I started talking about this topic, this specific topic within the series, uh, I think I thought I was going to preach it about four weeks ago. I was so excited about it, and then things, the Lord kept just adding things to fill in pieces. So we find ourselves at the conclusion of this series, and we've been talking about what Christianity is, living from the inside out. Living from the inside out. And what does that mean? Um, I want to show you a picture to, to help describe. I won't be able to invest tons of time in getting you caught up. But the reality is God has made man in three parts. First Thessalonians 5.23 talks about this. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's some things that happen to a person when they give their life to Jesus, when they make him Lord of their lives. There's some things that happen uh, to them, and we've talked about that. You can go back. I can't revisit those things, but I do want to finalize our discussion. So the spirit, the soul, and the body. The body is the part of us that interacts with the world. It's the things we, thing we feel We see, we look in the mirror, we like, we don't like. That's the body. That's the physical part of us. The soul is the mind, will, emotions. I I like to add the personality, conscience. Uh, That's the soul of a person. And then the spirit is the part that is eternal along with the soul that that God comes and habitates. And it's it's the part of us that most interacts with God. And so with that mindset and with that thinking, I want to go on and just begin to talk about uh, some of the things that the Lord has laid on my heart for today. And I want to start off with a verse that sort of sets a foundation for us moving forward. We talked about 2 Corinthians 5.17 previously, where the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, uh, they are a new creation. God does something dynamic that takes out the old and puts in the new. Everything becomes new. And so we began to look at what, that real, what really happens there. What really happens at the point of salvation? Well, a lot. Um, but one of the most dynamic changes, because your body, uh, I use sort of the analogy, if you, were, if you were heavy before you got saved, you're probably going to be heavy after you got saved. You know what I mean? Your body isn't changed and made totally new. The, the soulish realm, the way you think, the way you talk, uh, you know, your mind, will, and emotions, there's, I mean, maybe you're a drama queen or something like that. You get saved, you're probably going to be a drama queen afterwards. God will begin the process of working on that to help mature you, um, but that's not all new. God does some things in our mind. And God does, you know, he begins to renew the process of renewing our mind and doing some things in our physical body. But the most dynamic change is in the spirit because he comes to dwell in us at that point. He comes to dwell in us. And here in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, I haven't shared this verse previously. It says, it says this, very powerful verse. God lit, oh wait, I, I actually don't have the verse in front of me. Hold on. 
I'm sorry about that. I thought I was reading the verse, but it, it wasn't the verse. 1 Corinthians 6.17. But whoever who is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Do you see that? Whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. His spirit comes and becomes one with our spirit. That's why the Bible can tell us, and it's true, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Where does he live? He lives right down here. Why do you think you bow your head when you pray? This is just a joke. We're praying to your spirit. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, anyway, that wasn't, too, that wasn't good at all. All right, we'll find something else to work that it will work. No, the spirit of God, the spirit of God occupies the spirit of man. And this has, I mean, far-reaching effects on us. Tremendous, way beyond what we can understand. And so I'm going to try and scratch the surface today related to that very topic. So I want to talk to you today really about what is in the spirit of man and what does it mean for us. Okay? So um, I've got three, three quick points and I want to share them with you because they're important enough to help um, gauge your, your interest and your understanding about what I'm talking about. The first point is this. You are rich and you didn't even know it. You're rich and you didn't even know it. Tell someone next to you, I am rich. And I didn't even know it. Paul writes the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is just loaded, even with the word riches. And God talks about, in in the book of Ephesians, riches of God's grace, riches, his glorious riches. It talks about um, uh, riches in mercy. He's rich in mercy towards us. And the reality is, he's extended all these riches to us. You, I want to just challenge you to read the book of Ephesians from the mindset of what Paul is saying God has made available to every Christ follower. Because if you begin to list them out, you will be astounded at what God has done for us. Astounded. I mean, you will fill up pages of paper when you begin to discover Paul saying, God did this, and he did this, and this. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit about what this looks like. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, very beginning of the book, he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are rich. Listen to me, every blessing that Christ Jesus had has been made available to us. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about some blessings. I'm not talking about some favor. I'm not talking about some goodness of God and and smile of God from heaven. I mean, just, just picture this, picture it this way. If your son was Jesus who was perfect, how would you look at him? Right? I mean, you'd be proud of him. You'd be, you know, you'd be so excited that he was walking this path that you laid out for him. You'd be, you'd be um, just bursting at the seams, passionate about the fact that he loves you, that he wants to spend time with you, that he, you know, he's listening for your voice. He's responding to your promptings. I mean, the perfect son, right? Wouldn't you want to bless that son? And we get to reap the benefits of those blessings, even though we didn't walk in the shoes that Jesus walked. 
Every spiritual blessing has been made available to us. I don't think that's even understandable fully to our minds. So, so there's, there's nothing that God has withheld related to the blessings from heaven to his sons and daughters. Everything has been made available to us. Now, in the Old Testament, God promised Israel, if you obey me, there'll be material blessings as a reward. In essence, you know, Deuteronomy 28, there's some things that he says, you'll be blessed in the country, you'll be blessed in the city, your storehouses will be overflowing, and so on and so forth. But the reality is today, the Father has given us every blessing as a reward for Christ's obedience. In the Old Testament, it was the Israelites' obedience. We reap the benefits of Christ's obedience. And that's why Paul can write to the Ephesians. So um, before God created mankind, he provided everything they would ever need to live. If you look back at Genesis, there there were six days of creation, one day of rest that are identified in the first couple chapters. And so God creates the cattle, he creates the garden, he, you know, he, he creates the, the sun and the, and the stars, and, and you know, everything's there on earth. It was a beautiful, beautiful setup for Adam and Eve. And I find it interesting that the last thing he created was Adam and Eve. Right? It wasn't like God... You know, God created Adam and Eve, and he's like, oh my goodness, I forgot to create oxygen oxygen for them to live with. You know, oh my goodness, they're going to die of thirst because I didn't make water for them. Or they're going to starve because there's no, there's no trees that provide fruits. There's no vegetables growing. There's no animals. Ultimately, they started eating, in, eating animals. You know, there's, there's nothing for them to live with. No, he provided everything they needed. And in Christianity, for us who walk with God, we need to know that he has provided everything we need to live this life. Every spiritual blessing. He's left nothing out for us to to be successful. Now, I want to go back to that verse one more time. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. It's done. I want you to see that. that. That word has is important here. He has blessed us. It's not that he's about to or someday will. Because I think sometimes we live that way. Like there's going to be a day way out there somewhere that you know, I can't connect with, I can't benefit from today, but there's going to be a day somewhere out there that I'm going to benefit from the goodness of God in my life. Don't we, don't we look at that sometimes that way? Don't we look at it that way? Sometimes, but no, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. See, you are already blessed. You cannot be blessed more than you've already been blessed. He's already provided everything you need. It's already yours. We need to understand this. Now listen, maybe you're not walking in all the blessing that he has blessed you with. Maybe there's stuff that's left on the table. If you're, if you're a sports enthusiast, maybe, you know, we left a few plays on the field. There's some things that we could have accomplished that we didn't. And the reality is, every blessing has been made available, but we're not necessarily walking 
in every blessing. And let me tell you something that should become evident very quickly. It's not God that is withholding the blessing from us. He, he's, not, you know, he's not playing the dangling carrot game with you. He's already made the blessings available to us. And so what does this, this mean for us? I mean, let, let me just cover a couple of these blessings. We talk about, and this may be a little bit radical thinking for you, but uh, we talk about healing, you know, and a desire to be healed and healing. But it says, by his stripes, you were healed. Maybe you haven't walked in that healing. Maybe you haven't experienced that healing. But everything that God needed to do on his end has already been done. So we really got to figure out how to connect the reality in heaven to the reality on earth or the reality that God has accomplished to seeing that manifest in our lives. You see that? So, so he says that you've already been, you've already been healed. You, you, by his stripes you were healed. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. It's not that someday we'll get it. So when we walk around, I'm dumb, I, you know, I can't figure that out. You know, we have access to the greatest mind that ever walked the face of this earth. We have access to the greatest wisdom that beyond what man could ever recognize or consider. We, we have the mind of Christ. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We have power. It's not someday we'll live in us. It's not, you know, we could access it somehow if we, if we reach up far enough, if we fast long enough, if we plead uh, enough and, and shed enough tears that somehow we can access something out there. I don't know where it is. I don't know how, I, how to get to it. No, that, there's something living inside of us. The, whole, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We've been made one with him in spirit. This may wreck your thinking a little bit. I'm sorry, but we, I feel like the, that there's, there's, there's opportunity for us to step into a realm that we've never known. You talk about the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all those, Right? If God is living in me, I have access to every one of those fruit. I, I just can't love people like you do. Yes, you can. You just haven't learned how to. You haven't accessed what's inside of you. And we're going, we, we, a lot of our decisions and feelings and the walk that we walk of Christianity is really more so based on our five senses that support our body and our emotional feelings as opposed to what God has said about us. And so our Christianity is geared and structured based upon what we can feel, touch, hear, taste, and see as opposed to uh, what God has said. This is yours. This is who you are. I've already done it. I've made it available for you. Every single blessing. Every single blessing. How many times have you prayed the prayer or something along the lines of, you know, God, would you bless me? And he's like, I have blessed you. Would you bless my life? Would you bless that person's life over there? I mean, we could get caught in this language, and I don't want to make it a, a topic of semantics. The reality is there's a lot more in us than we give recognition to. God has done a lot more for us and made a lot more available to us than we can understand. 
And so we need to learn how to believe and rest in what God has already done. How to believe and rest in what God has already done. I heard of a, a story of a man, a very rich man, and his passion was investing in, in famous artwork. So buying, uh, buying famous artwork from around the world. Well, there was something he discovered, and he really wanted to own the, a couple pieces of this famous artwork. So, so he had his, his uh, employee um, tasked to go across the world to find this artwork. And he sent him, and this guy was looking for a very long time, I mean months, literally, to find this artwork. Because, I mean, the, the rich man, it didn't matter how much it would cost, he wanted it. And it didn't matter how long it would take, he wanted it. So, so this employee went around the world, and finally he comes back to the, the rich man and he says this. He says, I've found the artwork that you sent me to find. It's in your warehouse. You already have it. It's already yours. You know? And, and, and so this guy is, is busy running around the world, spending all kinds of money to get something that he's already got. That, doesn't that sound a lot like us? To find something that we've... Has, it's, it's like, where we go it is. You know what I mean? We, we have it already. Now, if I were to say, John, could you come here for a second? I didn't, John's like the star today, man. He's all over the place. <laughs> so if I were to say, listen, this is a very, very precious Bible to me. In fact, there's an amazing story behind it. And I want to give it to you. Okay, so you have my Bible. And that's a great Bible. It means a lot to me, but you're valuable enough to me that you would have my Bible. Now, if you look me in the eye and say, can you give me your Bible? That would create sort of an awkward, okay, John, I want you to understand, I've already given it to you. It's yours. And sometimes we ask, thank you for that. Sometimes we ask God for the things he's already given us. We, we, we want God. God, would you please bless me? God, would you, would you give me your peace? God, would you, would you help me? Would you, would you give me financial provision? Would you protect me? And the reality is, like all those things he's already made available to us. I, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but it's sort of like this. You know, I saw this picture and it just spoke so much to me. Did you ever see a dog chasing its tail? <laughs> Eventually, it gets, a ta- gets its tail and, re- and determines or figures out that he was chasing something that's already his. He's, trying to, he's going after something that's already, already his. So it, this, what I want to talk to you about is less about trying to get something from God and more about discovering what he has already uh, made available to us and how to walk in that and discover the things that he's freely given us, freely given us. So my first point is we are, we are, we are rich people and we didn't even know it. Here's my second thought is this. It's time to discover how, how rich we really are. It's time to discover how rich we really are. Um, because, you know, we were born rich when we entrusted Christ as Lord and Savior. We're born into his family. Um, but the reality is most people never, ever get to the place of discovering how rich they really are, what God has truly done for them. And there's two key ways to figure that out. And I want to look at the book of Ephesians a little bit more 
Because Paul really wanted the Ephesians to get this. Paul really wanted the Ephesians to understand uh, the great wealth that they had. In Ephesians 1, I'm going to cover 17 to 20. You might want to jot that down. There's some powerful, powerful things that Paul prays to the Ephesians. And now, uh, before I read that, I want to just say, if you were praying for someone 2,000 years from now, what would you pray? And how would you pray? I mean, just think about that for for a second. What would you say? Maybe you'd say something like, God, pour out your spirit. Bring revival. Bless them. Right? Well, that's not how Paul prayed. Because Paul knew what the church would already have. He, He knew exactly what God had already done. So what he really prayed was, help them to understand what you've done for them. Ephesians 1, verse 17 It says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom, that word wisdom um, carries the idea in the Greek, uh, not not natural wisdom, but uh, wisdom that's from above. Not something man can normally discern or understand. So give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That word revelation carries the idea. I'll actually give you a, a quick story to help you understand that word, revelation. Uh, the root word is reveal or revealing. And uh, my family loves to go when we go on vacation to the beach. And, you know, when we sleep, actually there was a time that we went to South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, the only time we stayed there for like two, two days, I think. And um, the curtains were closed. We were literally on, on the beach, right above the beach in this hotel, which never, ever happens. But in this case, we were literally on the beach, and, and so the curtains were closed. They were, they were dark-out curtains, so you couldn't see the light or anything. But when we woke up, um, we opened the curtains, and we were able to see the beach. And it was a glorious sight if you liked the beach. It was just amazing. Now, the word revealing, revelation is, is just what I, what I described in that story. It's, it's uh, throw the curtains open and help you to see what's already there. See, the beach was always there. It's just we couldn't see it until the curtains were opened. And so Paul is saying to these people, the Ephesians, he's saying, I keep asking that the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In essence, that you can see and understand what is already there for you. So that you may know him better. And that's important. You know, the more we know God, the more we understand ourselves. The more we understand others. And the more we understand our desperate need for him in our lives. And so, Paul's praying for these people. He goes on, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us that believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And it was Paul's prayer that the church in Ephesus would understand what was already theirs, what God had done for them. So how do we discover how rich we really are? First of all, we need a revelation from God. We need God to help us understand this. We need God to open our eyes to see the reality of 
what God has done for us. And secondly, Romans 12, 2 says this. There's two things. We need revelation of wisdom from God. Secondly, we see this, this verse here. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the verse goes on, but the key point that I want to make is we need our mind renewed. And that happens as we're in the word of God. And God is giving us revelation and wisdom to help us see and understand who we really are and what God has really done. And so if, you're, if you sort of approach your Christian life passively, the reality is that there's a big, big chance that you'll never truly understand what God has done for you. You'll, 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 you know, your, your life, your Christian life will be up and down like a roller coaster. You'll struggle. You'll be disappointed. You'll be frustrated because, you know, we begin to point the finger at God. Look what you've done to me. How come you're not taking care of me? Why don't you bless my life when you, like you bless other people's lives? And in reality, we, we fail to discover what God has already done for us and made readily available to us. And so I would, I would encourage you, be a person of the word. Be in the word. Understand what God has done. And you say, well, maybe, you know, I read it, but I just don't understand it. Listen to me. God wants to open up his scriptures to you. Ask him, God, this makes no sense to me. Would you help me? Would you, would you open my eyes to see? Bring people in my life that could help me understand that as well. So what we're seeing, what, what I want you to understand is, listen, in our spirits, and you'll discover this when your mind is renewed, we, uh, in our spirits, we are identical to what the word says about us. You know, the word says that you are powerful, that, you know, that you can be successful, that you are protected, that you are provided for, that, that God loves you. But listen to me, in our body, in our soul, sometimes we don't feel that. Sometimes we, we lean on uh, our, our physical senses or our personal emotions and we don't see what the word is saying or live by the, what the word is saying. We're more led by our feelings than by the faith it takes to uh, trust and understand God's word that says that we have been changed, that everything is different, that God has given us exactly what we need to be successful. And so the renewing our mind is going to change everything for us, it's going to help allow what is in our spirit to infect or impact our soul and our body. So, I'll give you an example of this. There are times that maybe you uh, you, you read in the in the scriptures, the Bible says that you have peace and joy, but in reality, you know you're struggling, you're anxious, you're worried, you're frustrated. What is the truth? I mean, I know how I'm feeling, and I know what this thing says. I mean, how do I re- reconcile the truth in my life? How, how do I come to a conclusion and say, what is it? Am I, am I double-minded here? I'm feeling this way. You're telling me, God, that I am this way. I mean, how, how do I get to a conclusion on what really is happening in my life? How do I get to the place of understanding what it is. Listen to me. Um, victorious living, living comes not in denying how you feel. You don't, I'm not telling you to, you know, just deny it. Okay, you know, I'm sick, but I'm going to tell you I'm not sick. I don't, te- I, I, I don't tell people to do that. I mean, it's okay to acknowledge you're not feeling well. But it's even better to acknowledge that God has done something about you not feeling well. 
You know what I mean? It says about Abraham, he spoke things that are not as though they were. When he was re- God was referring to Abraham. He didn't say he spoke things that, is, that are as though they're not. Do you get that? That might be a little bit deep, and I'm not going to take any time to explain it. I'm sorry. So victorious living comes not in denial, but in recognizing the spirit is the real me. I'll explain that. The Bible, Paul writes about what is temporal and what is eternal. Paul writes about the things that live forever and the things that are temporary. And, you know, this body here, this is temporary. It's temporary. It's not going to live forever as it is. Flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so if we are being led by something that's temporary as opposed to something, as opposed to something that's eternal then we're going to get in trouble. So the Spirit should lead. The Spirit of God. What God says should lead our feelings. That is, the, that is really what's going to matter more. And so when we want to do something and we know we shouldn't, what does God say about it? You know? And we, we should respond to, to what God is saying. So if we don't, renew our minds, we will lean towards our personal emotions and our physical feelings. Renewing our minds helps base us in the word. It tells us who we are and how to live. And we miss that when our mind is not renewed. Amen? There is a, there's sort of an analogy I, I want to share with you. It's sort of like, um, so, so we'll go back to the, that phrase, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Right? So there is this power there, but you know that it's very possible to never access that power. Right? It's very possible to never experience, see that power manifest in your life. Even though it's there. It's there and, you know, it's very possible that it will never, ever manifest itself. And so, um, I'll give you this quick, quick analogy. Like, okay, so this, this keyboard is plugged in, right? It's plugged in, but it's not working. And there's power coming to it. I mean, right here's the power cord, right? There's, there's power that's right here, and yet it's not working. But then, you know, there's this switch somewhere here. <laughs> there's this switch that controls the flow of power through this unit, so that it functions. You want to hear me play a ballad here? Oh, yeah. Everyone close your eyes. I'm just kidding. So what, I'm, what, I want you to, what I want you to understand is this, that power could be resident somewhere. These things could be resident in you and never you, you could never see them. You may never see them manifest until you do something to cause them to, to, be, to be manifest. So I want to show you a picture real quick. This, this is just help to drive this point home really quick. So there's this, the spirit. And I made it big for a purpose because it is bursting with and oozing with the reality of God. I mean, God is living inside of you. Hope and joy and power and love and peace and patience, and, and you could just go on and on about what is living. What you have access to is, is just like amazing. And 
the reality is sometimes we just keep the switch off and it stops right there. It's there, but it's, it doesn't make its way to our soul to transform us, our mind, will, and emotions. It doesn't make its way to our body so that we can be healed, so that we can express love and do great things. We, we, keep, the, we keep it bottled up like a switch being off. Like a switch being off. It's sort of like, it's sort of like dying of thirst while you're leaning against a well with a fresh flowing spring of water. It's sort of like sitting in front of a huge 12-course banquet and crying out, God, I am starving. Would you please feed me? And it's right there. What we need is right there. So the big question is, if, you were, if I were to ask this question, I would ask the question, okay, I get it. God has made everything available. He's blessed me. How do I get what God has done for me to become real in my life? What, what do I have to do? I mean, I, I, I get it, and I just don't know. I don't know how to access it because, you know, listen to me. I know a lot of people living in hopelessness, despair. I know people that uh, have hatred in their hearts and anger and unforgiveness and, and all that. I mean, you could just go on and on. All the while, right in their spirit, they're possessing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The spirit is, is prompting. Listen, you have access to the greatness of God. And I used to view it like this because, and I used to view it like this, and I'm describing it this way so you, to help you understand. You know, I used to view, listen, I've got to beg God to come down and move. I've got to beg God for his peace to overwhelm me. But, you know, I've got to, I've got to ask of God and wait and wait and wait. And the reality is there's, there's something that he's made available for us. So, I want you to know that you're rich and you didn't even know it. I also want you to know that you can discover how rich you are. You need some revelation and you need your mind renewed. And I also want you to know, and here's my third point, third and final point. It says, um, now that I know it's mine, I'm going to access it. I'm going to access it. I'm going to access what God has done for me. In 2 Peter, it says this. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. I love this, these two phrases here, two, two statements. It says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. This is in the New Living Translation because I think it, it clarifies it a little bit over the NIV. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything. There's nothing he hasn't left out. You have everything you need. So he's given it. I want you to see that. And then the second statement, second sentence, it says, we have received. You see, I can give you something, but if you don't receive it, you don't have it. Right? At least the reality of you using what I'm trying to give you is not there. So we have received all of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share 
his divine nature. Oh, I love that statement. You know, we share his divine nature. We have God living on the inside of us. We, we carry his presence. We carry his goodness. We carry his love and compassion. We share the divine nature of God. I mean, what a great privilege that we have as sons and daughters of God. And, and the verse goes on. I, I, I just wanted to point out that thought that we share his divine nature. So, so even though God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, we need to get what is in our spirits to our souls and our bodies. We, we need to find a way to see these things manifest in our lives. So I talked about renewing our mind. You know, and then uh, when our mind is renewed, there's a belief system and acting on what we believe, acting on what the word of God says that we're responsible for. You know, it's, it's tied to faith. It's, there's a faith element to all of this. So we, it's not about asking God for something that he's already gave, but it's discovering what he's done. And our challenge is to labor, is to labor to rest in what God has done for us. The labor is not begging and pleading and crawling on our knees and having bloody knees and, and all that stuff. It's understanding what he has done for us and walking in that. It's already been deposited in your born-again spirit. So I, I want to just give you uh, an example or two and then close because this, we could do a whole series on this one topic, but I want to just give you a feel for what this could look like in everyday life for what this could look like in your life. So when your soul agrees with your spirit, when, when what is going on in your spirit, uh, by faith, your soul agrees with, it will manifest in your body. So you'll experience deliverance, healing, anointing, grace, faith, power, joy, so on and so forth. And so, um, so this is the way it could look. I talked a little bit about anxiety and worry. Does anyone ever have that? You don't raise your hands. But I know people who do, you know. It seems to be, even fear was talked about earlier, it seems to be a prominent thing that people struggle with. Stress, anxiety, worry, fear. Okay, so if we just run with that topic, instead of giving into that, we remind ourselves of God's word. What does God's word say about those things? You know, because we could just keep going down that path like, Oh my goodness, is this going to happen? Oh my goodness, you know, is he going to call? Oh my goodness, am I going to have enough bill, you know, money for my bills? Oh my goodness, are they going to fire me? And, and we could live in that realm. And that is feeding the soul and the flesh, right? Or we could say, wait a second, there's something that your word says about this, I think. So we could settle with, you know what, it's always been this way. It's probably always going to be this way. I've asked God to do something about it. You know, but I've learned to live in fear and depression and anxiety and worry and stress. That's just a normal part of my life. I've lived to do, I've learned to do this, so I've accepted it. Or we could say, Lord, this is absolutely wrong. This is not who you've made me to be. This is not what your word says about me. You see, passivity, passiveness, passivity is the kind of thing that is killing Christians nowadays. We just lie down and say, walk over us. You know, I suppose that's the way it's going to be. No, God's word says something different. This is not the way it's supposed to be. It's absolutely wrong. Because you are the Prince of Peace. You told me this. 
You've given me your peace. Your peace is alive and well in me. But I'm not feeling this peace right now in my life. There's something wrong here. And, and so um, I could point to fit. A lot of people would just say, you know what? I've asked you for peace. And they say you're a good God, but I don't see it. Or we could say, you've given me peace. You're the prince of peace. And I'm not feeling peace. And I'm supposed to walk in peace. I mean, every epistle opens up grace and peace to you, right? Grace and peace to you. And so it doesn't say, I hope you're excelling in worry and fear and anxiety and stress. It doesn't say that. And I mean, these, some of these churches, they were under great persecution, great opposition, you know? And Paul just continues to remind them of what God has done. Do you, do you know what God has done for you? Do you know what God has made available to you? And accessing what God has done for us is the challenge. So on the inside of me is so much peace. And I'm not feeling it. But I can't say, God, it's your fault. It's got to be my fault. Right? It's got to be my fault because God's not withholding his peace. And here's why it's my fault. Because I'm not focused on you, God. I've taken my eyes off of you and put my eyes on the problem. And if I just step back, get in his presence, wait on him, remind myself of his goodness, remind myself of what he's already given to me, I believe that we can begin to walk in that peace. You know, maybe spend a little time praising him. Take a nice long walk. Catch a breath. And say, God, you know what? This is not mine. I don't want this worry. It's not mine. What you've given me is mine. And I need to feel it. I need to walk in it. And so there is a battle. There is a tension. Because our feelings tend to override the reality of what God says about us. And that's why we need to continue to be in God's presence. There's some other tactics that I would recommend you using. Uh, One of them being, you know, begin to talk about it out loud. Get in a a quiet place where no one's around and and just begin to declare, no, I am going to walk in God's peace. I'm not giving into that. People may see you talking to yourself, so what? They're crazy too. You just haven't caught them doing it. I'm not going to walk in that. That is not mine. I am going to walk in God's peace. I choose peace today. Another one, very seldom used in the Christian community. Speaking in tongues. The Bible says that you edify yourself. Who doesn't want to be built up? Who doesn't want the Spirit of God flowing in them and through them? You think that'll bring peace? I bet you it will. But no, we're thinking, yeah, I don't have time for that, you know? Listen to me. You could drive, drive talk, speaking in tongues. You could look over while you're speaking in tongues and wave to people, you know, whatever. Shabbat. Go on. Listen to me. Listen, we need all of God's, we need to walk in all that God has, has made available to us. It is, you know, when we take our eyes off of God and put them on our problems, yes, we're going to reap the benefits of that. And, but he, he offers a place, a quiet place, which he called rest, which is rest in the book of Hebrews is realizing the benefits of what Jesus Christ has done. We don't have to fight for them. 
They're ours. We need to fight off the enemy who's trying to rob us from them. And so when we talk about uh, you know, things like we're, not, we're trying to get healed. Listen, we're not fighting to get healed. We're fighting to, to see our healing manifest. The devil is trying to steal our healing. He doesn't want us to walk in healing. We aren't asking God to bless us because he's already blessed us. He's already supplied everything that we need. He's done everything. He's done everything. And let me just give you one last tidbit here. What if I start doing that, but I don't see what you're saying happen in my life? That's a real question, right? That's, that's a question that maybe if you think about it or if you try it and you don't see it, then he's like, ah, oh, maybe Pastor Jim didn't cover that one. But listen, if things don't change, the healing you're seeking after, the blessing that you, you felt like you deserve because God promised it, it doesn't in- instantly come. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. Listen, the Lord has done everything. If it's not manifesting, if, it, if you're not seeing it in your life, if it's not uh, resident yet, there, there's two things. Number one, we need to learn how to receive. We need to learn how to receive. There's like right now in our area, there's like all kinds of signals going on. There's radio signals, television signals, all kinds of things. But you'll never receive them until you have a device that's created to receive them, you know? And so number one is preparing our heart to receive what God's doing. And secondly, continuing to thank God and remind God, or uh, continuing to thank God and walk in the reality of what he's provided for you. You know, it, it, sometimes, sometimes the challenge is entering into that rest. God, I know you provided this. I'm going to keep fighting until until I see it manifested in my life. It may, it may take tenacity. It may take perseverance. It, we may have to go after some stuff, but the reality is these are our possessions. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And they're not up there for some, I mean, to catch and apprehend and I got it, I'm the lucky one today. No, they've been made available to us. Because God resides in us, everything is available to us. Amen? Does this, any of this make sense to us? All right, so how, how do we live now? Listen, we need to start trying to walk in this. So it matters what we say with our mouths. It matters what we believe in our hearts. It matters what we are ingesting. Listen, the word of God will change your perspective. If it's anything else, listen, your mind's not going to be renewed. It won't be different for you. And so we need to be people of the word. Amen? I want to close here with just a few minutes of prayer and um, just, just ingesting what God has done. Would you stand to your feet? Let's just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, God, what is it that you're saying to me today? Let's just, no, uh, no restlessness, no, no talking. Please don't leave at the moment. I just want to give everyone an opportunity to, to let the Spirit of God move as it relates to their particular life. God, would you help me, show me how it is that I can begin to walk in what you've already made available to me. God, what are you saying to me? What is it that you want me to do now that I've heard this?
thank you that you've been so good for everything we've ever needed, God. You've made available to us. There's nothing that we have needed that you haven't provided already. So, Lord, as we are carriers of your presence, carriers of your goodness, carriers of your love, I pray that everything that we have and have been given Lord, we access and begin to walk in. I pray that our lives are different from this day forward. God, that we see ourselves as our partakers of a divine nature. I am not my own anymore. I've been bought with a price. And now I carry the precious Holy Spirit in me. And with that, I have hope. I am rich. And Lord, I pray today. I pray today, God, that we continue to unearth and mind the depths of all that you've done for us through Jesus Christ. We are rich in Jesus. We are rich because of Jesus. And it is all about Jesus. So I bless your people today, God. May they walk in the blessings that you've made available to them. May they know the goodness over their lives, God. May power be manifest. May joy and hope be manifest. May peace of God be manifest in their lives in new ways, God. We just break off stress, anxiety, fear, doubt. Speak to sickness and we command it to go in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that we we learn and understand how to walk in a new level of what you've already given to us. And I thank you now, God. I thank you now. I speak blessing over your people, God, to walk in all that you have for them, God. In Jesus' name. As we conclude our service, we'll have people up front that would love to pray for you. If you have questions about Christianity or anything I've said, we'd love to talk to you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.